You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's The Following After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's The Following After Show. Yeah. This is perhaps a cheerier version. Hey, the following. Um, that's a little CCR, Bad Moon Rising. Yes, it is. Not, we couldn't find the version of Bad Moon Rising that Who was that? But ended. it was awesome. It sounded like Peter Murphy at Bauhaus. Which was really <laughs> dark. But it was awesome. We were here doing the after show for the following. Um, we're back. Back. Who, well. you, who you don't see is, you don't see Teresa Jane La, who will be back in, you know, at some point. But you do see Julia Keerley. Who you may recognize with us from our other shows, and she's here with me. I'm a first-timer um, on the following. Jo- Joe Sanfilippo is not here, but he will be here as usual next week. Dana Velasquez is not here in studio, but he will be on the phone maybe right now? Maybe. Maybe. Right now. Right oh, now. There hello. He is. Hi, Nando. It's Nando. Hey, what's up? What's up, man? We are back. The following is back. This is the show that started off for us, and we are here doing it again. Got things to say. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, I, I listened to our, I listened to our first show. Our first show a year ago, over a yeah, year ago. Yeah, our first show was a year ago. Wow, and it changed so much. It did. Um, were we were we worse or better? <laughs> <laughs> that remains to be seen. Yeah, all right, all right. Not gonna know yet. Well, we're here. Uh, tons and tons and tons of shows later. Um, we're back with the following, and uh, you know. I mean, what, what can I say? Season, season two. Season two is kind of off uh, with a, with a bit of a bang or a stab or two, if if, if you will. Now, look, I, I want to set this up a bit. I think that you know the elephant in the room is the following was a show that we're all very excited about. It got a lot, a lot, a lot of attention. Um, and when it were premiered last year, it was Kevin Bacon coming to the big screen, James Purefoy, uh, Kevin Williamson doing a, doing a, a, a kind of returning to his sort of slasher genre. And, uh, it was, we loved this show. It was really, it started out, again, it started off great. We loved it. Um, it unraveled over the course of the 20 episodes plus that was on. We sort of felt like in the middle, it got, you know, there's some, we had some issues in the middle with the show story wise. I think that we felt the show sort of ended with a, I don't want to say ended with a thud, but it didn't really pay off in the way that we wanted it to pay off. And I think that that was not just our opinion, that was sort of the general consensus of the, you know, the internet and the critics and everything else. Uh, so when they renewed it for season two and it's back now, uh, I, I was really interested to see how they would, you know, re reboot this show, which it looks like they kind of have. This feels a bit of like a bit of a reboot and a continuation at the same time. And I must say, I do like what I see so far. I don't know. Nando? Oh, my God. Can I just say, I I agree with you on everything that you just said. Aww. So this was my favorite pilot. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can yeah, hear yeah, you. Yeah. I can hear you. So, yeah, this was my favorite show 
from pilot season back a year ago. Sure. And I loved it, and it started to die down, just like you said. And I actually was trashing it. You, you could tell me I was trashing it toward the end. I, yeah. I got a little optimistic. I, it, it's like me as a New York Mets fan. Beginning of baseball season starts, I'm, I'm really excited, and the middle of the season goes, and I'm like, oh, man, it sucks. Right. And, uh, and then I'm optimistic. Last night's episode, I loved it. I, I loved it. Good. That's good to know. I mean, Julia, so you weren't here last year. No. Um, it, it was Teresa and Teresa again. Teresa, we'll be back. Shout out to Teresa Jane Law. But um, you are, you did watch the show. I did watch the and show. What I was watched, your, What was your opinion? Um, I actually, I have the same sentiments you guys did. I was so excited about that show. I was so excited for the following to start. It started. I was all in 100% episode two. This is freaking awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, nice and gory and fast paced and, and creepy. And then it started to muddy a little bit. It yep. started to get kind of, dare I say, silly. Yeah. Like it just seemed, it, it just seemed a little like, come on, you yep. can do better than that. Okay. I'm not dumb. I've seen that before. Sure. Um, and it, it, I just, I was, underwhelmed with the ending again pretty um it was feeling kind of predictable right um but that being said i was excited to give it a second chance come season two um i am once again all in uh for season two here this uh this first episode was was kind of balls to the wall kind of awesome they brought back the gore that i love so much obviously considering the shows that i'm always raving about yeah <laughs> the bloodier the better for me apparently at, at eight o'clock at and night um i i time television. yeah some of the things are getting away with are, are extraordinary and disturbing but um it seems not just rebooted rebooted but um a little refreshed and recalibrated like mm-hmm. like they they knew they knew they couldn't do the same thing the second time around. Well, we don't. I mean, well, yes, I I, I agree with you on that, but I don't. I I, I have a slightly different take on that. But go okay. Ahead. Anyway, so I I'm I loved the episode last night. Right. Uh, totally into it and excited to see where it's going to go. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree with you both. Um, you know, my thing is, yeah, I feel like that. Uh, tends to what what I, what I was hinting at with that is, I feel like that they. I feel like they, they know exactly what they did well. What Kevin Williamson and what the crew does well, they did it really, really well. I think the 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 thing is try to find out, get in that zone of the things they do well, and just do that for a while and sort of work within that framework. I think that that's what they tried to do last season. It, it sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Um, but as we see with the pilot. You know, I talk a lot about, we all talk a lot about, we do these shows, you know, we do Hannibal, and we do True Detective, and we do Bates Motel, and we do uh, The Following, and they're all these sort of serial killer-based shows, and as I just said in our other podcast, um, they all have, they all do things slightly differently, and, you know, Hannibal's really good at being sort of ultra-stylized, and and, and really, they have a very specific mood and feel and theme to what goes on in Hannibal, as does Bates Motel, there's almost a little uh, sort of eerie mystery camp going on there. Uh, True Detective is doing its own thing with a very specific sort of lo- slow burn story. What the following does really well is uh, he, Ken Williamson does the slasher stuff really well. So the creepy, like the scene, which we'll get into in a second, the scene uh, in the subway was terrifying to me. And it was terrifying in a way that I forgot things can be terrifying when you're dealing with a Kevin Williamson thing at eight at you know at, at, on primetime television i was completely taken by supply by surprise by not only the you know the gore and the violent nature of what was going on but just the whole eeriness of 
you know, and it, you know, the randomness of what that seemed to be was something really scary about that. And it, it, it tapped into all of those, you know, slasher tropes as well as the, the randomness of what made the following so scary. And I think that one thing that, you know, all these other shows aren't necessarily out to be scary. I don't think Hannibal is necessarily out to be a scary show. Uh, it's out to be just a, a different kind of show. Um, this show is, is, is meant to be scary you and, and, and in a true sense. And it did. And uh, I think that's what it does well. And it didn't disappoint. Uh, Nando? Nando, well, you're you know, a New Yorker. It's interesting. Yeah, first of all, yeah, the subway scene. I wasn't as surprised by it only because they did use that clip in uh, promoting the episode. So I already knew it. But still, as a New Yorker, anytime you see something like that in the subway, you know, that's a big story. That's a have, big yeah. deal. Have you seen but something like I, that on the subway? Yeah, you're like, you know, the last <laughs> four times I saw that, I was like, no, New York's better than that. But yeah. anyway, but you know, the one thing you're omitting, all of these movies, all of these TV shows excuse me, that you were talking about, True Detective, Hannibal, even even Bates, I guess uh, you could say, and Blacklist. The the stakes are, you know, the, the, we're following a murderer who's killing other people. Right. Here in the following, it's Ryan Hardy that's at stake. I mean, they're saying from the beginning, Ryan Hardy can't stop us. This is a message to Ryan Hardy. Everyone that he loves is in danger. Anyone that he knows is in danger because that's how Joe Carroll is going for it. This is a vendetta against him. Uh, it's very important to realize that. That's probably why the stakes always feel so hard because I, because you are invested in Ryan Hardy and it's his case. And, and anyone around him, is he a follower? Is he not? I, I really feel like there's still some of that. I still think my Weston's a follower. I'm sorry. I still do. I'm oh, going to keep that up. What is it? What is it? Nando went on this 20-episode uh, rant about how uh, Agent Mike Weston is a follower. Oh, okay. And it was proved to be... I still, it was, I'll, it was I'll, I'll to be... that when I'm there in studio, but I still think so. I'm going to hold to it. And All then right. uh, also notice what I thought was really interesting. You know, we're going to start going play-by-play, play, but I can't be on the whole show, is uh, what I, I rewatched uh, last season. I just... Two things that stuck to mind to me was uh, how... Um, how Carol just kept saying that whatever, uh, you know, that Claire has to die for, for Ryan to be reborn. And uh, he right. was reborn. You can see in the opening moment. And, and in fact, Joe Sanfilippo, I don't think he's there because he's in a memorial for uh, Natalie Z. Natalie Z, uh, RIP. RIP Claire. <laughs> for Claire. And then also just, uh, just about how it's all, everything's all Ryan's fault. And just the burden that he, that he shows. I think that continues to be a theme. Uh, through uh, through this show into the second season. Well, that's interesting. I'm done with- well, yeah, because that was that was the whole thing of season one, right? Of like, you know, Ryan, he's the guy who did this, and you know, there's this, this sort of revenge masterpiece, revenge uh, plan that's being played out by Joe Carroll with Ryan Hardy as, as the center of his of this sort of you know Shakespeare Shakespearean you know slasher opera that he's uh, putting together. Um, Shakespeare never did operas, but you know what I mean. But <laughs> this, this, I was going to let that one go. I, I, I was going to get that one you too. You know, the Shakespearean, was, you know, tragedy. I was going to let the internet deal with that one. Tragedy <laughs> that, that, that has played out. Uh, <laughs> sorry, internet. Um, anyway, but yeah, so, you know, Ryan Hardy's center that all season one. And, you know, again, we wonder like, God, you know, okay, how can we take this master plan of Joe Carroll's and this cult and this follower. How can we spin that, which was a very, very specific story that was sort of told, uh, you know, maybe not so well over the course of one season. How do we spin that into a whole new story in season two? And how you do that is you have, by the nature of, you know, being a 
cult and you having followers and the show be called, called the following, you have new followers, new followers and a Joe Carroll who may or may not be pulling the strings. Um, spoiler alert, but we, we, we know that Joe, we see Joe Carroll, uh, the lumberjack. Uh, at that, that is a full sexy beard. Full beard. You know I like a guy with some facial hair. I'm not sure it, how it sexy Dexter. it was. He went Dexter. Dexter? Yeah, no, well, no spoiler alerts for Dexter this, if you, for those of you who, uh, but yeah. But yeah, he did a full. Oh, yeah. Spoiler for Dexter, he grew a beard, everybody. That's not a major spoiler. Well, I'm talking about when I say he goes, <laughs> he goes lumberjack mode. Dexter at the end. grows a beard? Oh, <laughs> guys. <laughs> the end. Uh, no, but yes, I, I think that we don't know that Joe, I guess what I'm saying is Joe Carroll's not necessarily pulling the strings here. We don't know who's pulling the strings. It appears to be these, these, these really creepy, good looking twins. Um, but we'll 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 find out about that at some point. Yeah, we don't know if we're dealing with what a copycat. It feels copycatish. Well, it feels very copycatish, and it feels that uh, you know Joe Carroll was very much um, surprised to see this thing being activated. It, he didn't look like a man who was who was had a master plan from the cabin. But I could be wrong. I don't mm. know. How did that play out to you, Nando? I mean, do do you, you think that Joe Carroll looked like that he was, you know? behind all of this or or is he like just happy that it's happening well that's really in, uh, well we couldn't really see much of him with that beard but it's really interesting because i think the one thing that, that's apparent is that emma who looks really hot in her uh, new style in her in her colored hair and the whole punk uh, uh by the who, who, who by the way phenomenon. joe who by the way will will, will more than likely be joe uh, sorry, i mean sorry nando. nando who more than likely will be in studio with us within uh, the next three weeks but Ooh. So just, yeah, I'm, hoping, I'm looking forward to that. But anyway, yes. yeah, she did, She had no idea about this plan. You know, she doesn't know. It seems like they're different factions. Uh, they're all fractured. And yes. I guess they're waiting for their messiah to come back or something. Uh, it, it's really, really interesting. I don't know if he has a plan right now, but it seems like this will be the catalyst. What those uh, what the subway did uh, will be the catalyst to start bringing everything all together. Well, clearly. And, and well, Julia, it's, you know, the, the year anniversary. Uh, Julia, what do you think? Do you think Joe Carroll well, is she, behind this? Emma seemed to know. Okay, well, as far as I'm concerned, Emma still thinks that Joe Carroll is dead. No, I take that back. I don't know. Emma knows who Carlos is. She went to his house. She had an right. address, but she seemed shocked by shocked by everything that was going down. She seemed clueless about that. They seem to have a plan of their own. They're so like... I'm feeling like maybe this is a subsect of the original cult because Carlos was at Haven 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 what was that place called? <laughs> Havenport. The lighthouse. Havenport. 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 The yeah, there it is. Yes. Uh Carlos was at Havenport. Um Ryan Hardy said so. So he knows Emma. So they have a relationship, but she seems completely blindsided by A seeing Ryan Hardy right. at his apartment. And she just has no idea what's going what's yeah. going on. So I think she's sort of been in control for a while because she kind of was Carol's right hand woman sure. for a long time and sort of his go to. And uh, I think we're going to see her losing a sense of control. Where on the other hand, we see Ryan Hardy in his new life, where I think he's gone out of his way to to take control. Right. Well, let's get into let's get into what we saw. I mean, let, let's get into the episode a little bit because. 
uh, you know, we were left last season with a bit of a cliffhanger, well, actually a, a, a giant cliffhanger. God, as big as they get. At the end of last season. And, uh, you know, with, 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 with two, both of our heroes being down, um, we see the replay of that this season, and we see how that ended up with, uh, you know, Ryan Hardy snapping the, the, uh, the woman's neck. What was her name, Joe? The, the, uh, Nando. Nando, I'm sorry. I believe it was Megan, but I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, snap, you know, snapping her neck and then going to try to save Natalie Z. Claire, and Claire doesn't make it. Claire and that was a bit of a it. shocker. I mean, I, I didn't. I mean, I guess I didn't really read whether or not Natalie Z. was signed up for the season. I guess I should have known or figured that out. Um, we I, figured it out the fact that she didn't. Natalie Z. didn't do any interviews. Right. <laughs> we saw she no press. Back, but we never saw Natalie Z. And you know what? It's very 24. You know, Kevin Williamson, when he was promoting this originally, he said his favorite TV show is 24. Yeah. And uh, and it's very the same thing as 24 happened with Keith Sutherland with Jack Power. He lost his wife, his love interest, at the end of season one. He did, so but I, I but the difference is that wasn't really a cliffhanger. That happened in the last episode. That was the last thing you saw was, True. wow, this happened in the end. I think it's just a very interesting, that's a very cool thing, the whole season one was about Claire. It was the, the, the center point. It was about this love triangle between Joe and Ryan and Claire, and um, and things seemingly were all okay with Ryan and 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 uh, and Claire being together and everything being wonderful. And when we see them both get stabbed, and it looked pretty bad for Claire at the end of season one. It didn't look like she was going to make it. Um, you know, it's just kind of weird to, to to see that all of this. You know, Joe Carroll called it like all of this was like you know Claire had to go and she went and now it's like he won. Like at the end of the day, uh, when you go through the whole of season one, well, uh, Joe Carroll won. He won. He won. He won season one. Season one goes for Joe Carroll. <laughs> I mean, he, he like he pretty much you know did his whole plan. Couple of hiccups. He had he had his son and his wife for a while couple of hiccups there. Couple. He uh, executed everything and everyone in the way he wanted to do, do it, almost. Uh, he got away, didn't die, and Claire, he got his revenge on Claire. The end. And Ryan Hardy is tortured still. So, I don't know, man. I mean, Well, but in his perfect world, wouldn't Ryan be dead as well? Yes, in his perfect world, Ryan would be dead, and they Ryan was supposed be to be dead. Yeah, they like, both be dead. It, it, that's how it was supposed to go, and maybe that's why... Natalie Z. Well, she didn't know. I mean, that, maybe that's why uh, Valerie Curry was so surprised because it just felt like the plan was that Ryan was. Supposed but this to is a die. year later. Yeah, he has, she has to know that he's alive. Yeah, maybe, she's well aware. Of course, maybe. she's well aware. She's in New York. Everybody's in back in New York. Nice and comfy. Like what? Everyone's in New York except for uh, except for bearded uh, Joe Carroll. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, but anyway, so we, Nelly Z's gone. It was really, really sad. We can only imagine what a horrifically, terrifyingly, uh, you know, terrible year that was for for Ryan Hardy to have to make it through that. And um, we see that he's now sober and got his shit together, presumably. He's in shape. He's, he's in, in shape. shape. He's running, and he gets hit by a car. And you don't hear that little uh, heartbeat thing that they kept using in season one to say, oh, he's got a pacemaker, he's fragile, be careful. Yeah, well, this is kind of back to my reboot thing. I think I feel like that they've there were some devices in season one that they leaned on heavily and that, that felt like they were going to mean something that, that didn't necessarily pay off. And I think one of those was the whole the pacemaker heart situation. 
And it just feels like this year they've kind of already like gotten away from it. Julia <laughs> goes, didn't he have a heart thing? Wait a second. What happened to his heart, heart thing? What he was his heart, heart thing? thing? But uh, it seems like that they've, you know, maybe have downplayed that or abandoned that. They cleaned house with the Natalie Z, obviously, Claire character, Claire storyline. Um, you know, all the other stuff they've cleaned. They've kind of like reset. You know, Joey is tucked away with his grandmother. They wrap that up somewhere else. We have a whole new uh, not-so-angry black guy who's the head of the uh, FBI this time. Uh, it doesn't seem very angry, but he, 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 may, have, he may have some time to be angry. Uh, a new hot uh, Latino uh, agent who's who's there. Gina Mendez. Gina Mendez, Agent Mendez. We have um, Ryan Hardy's niece, Max Hardy. Jessica Stroop. The, the plucky Max Hardy. She is plucky <laughs> She's indeed. Plucky. <laughs> the plucky Max Hardy who's there to help, you know, as a sidekick to solve crimes maybe. Um, but what, I, what what is interesting to me is that when we when we do see Ryan Hardy in his new life and his sponsor and everything else, his apartment is bright. It's it's like you know, following is so dark and his apartment's so dreary. And he always had that you know the the, the disheveled tie, the loosened tie. And we talked about the dark suit and the whole thing. This time he had a nice bright shirt on. He was in a nice bright apartment. He was in shape. Like it seemed like the new Ryan Hardy. But it didn't happen overnight, which is what I'm very interested in, because right. they show that flashback. You know, he's dealing with the death of Claire. He's dealing with uh, being – he's having to go in front of the grand jury because he maybe or maybe not killed a defenseless man, according to them, mm-hmm. uh, when he shot uh, – I forgot the guy's name. Alex, I think. I don't know. When he shot the, the follower mm-hmm. in the uh, in the woods with yep. Mike, Mike has been calling, trying to get a hold of him. Yeah. Mike needs to talk, man to man. Mike's effed up. Mike is uh, he's, he's hurting, but yeah. he gets stonewalled by him mm-hmm. every step of the way when he's drunk and when he's sober. Mm-hmm. Um, he's giving him nothing. And I wonder what the moment in time was where he, eight months ago or whatever it was, decided to knock off his partying and clean up his act and go all Homeland board and follow yeah, Joe Carroll. Board. So you know how I love a big something, board. Something sparked in him where he believes Joe Carroll to be alive. Right. I mean, I don't know. So we'll, I'm sure we'll see that as it as it reveals. But what, what do you think of the new Ryan Hardy, Ryan? I mean, uh, <laughs> Nando. I've called you Joe. I've called you Ryan. Yeah. You're Nando. Okay. Um, you know, well, you know, you guys said it. I mean, I, I love what's going on here. I kind of, I kind of like the fact that he's got this secret back cave and uh and his uh niece max is like that girl <laughs> coming on in to help them out you know they got their devices it's it's really funny to see this secret uh hardy task force at work here and again i mean it's really interesting i, I really like this new uh i like this new ryan hardy i like the fact that he jogs that he can do a high speed uh foot chase and get hit by a car and and get back up gingerly i mean he's not the terminator but still that he can get back up and keep Keep going. I, I, I like this. I like seeing the shots of uh, of Claire and and and, uh, and uh, Annie Parise's character. It takes me right now in that uh, in that room. You know, I like that he. That's his. Uh, that's his goal to get the rest of the Carolers I and like to get to... Joe and to find out where Joe is. I like to see him smile a little bit, and it looks like he's finally living a life. Yes, he is <laughs> on the outside at girlfriend. least. On the he's outside, he's girlfriend. living a life. Yeah. Does he have a girlfriend? No, well, we don't know. Girl, they, they hinted, oh, Max they hinted, hinted at, at like, so-and-so's hot. And he's like, Meh. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but, 
But it's just nice to see him living a life out in the world, in the sun, out in the open, even though behind the scenes he's in his, like you said, his little bat cave with his homeland map, and he's getting down to business. Right. He's gone rogue. And as a New Yorker, I just love as a New Yorker, I just love the episode being in New York. I don't know. I, I, he's teaching at a criminal college, which I, I'm guessing they probably won't say it's John Jay, but I'm picturing Don Jay. The subway attack, him running around by Central Park. I just love, I love that kind of um, feel for a TV show. Instead of looking at it and thinking, oh, it must be a studio lot. I love it. I love the fact that I recognize all those places. And and it, again, it just seems him being in New York. It seems like he's alive. He's vibrant. I love it. Yeah. I concur. Yep. So, but we see, you know, he is alive, he's vibrant, but we we see that he is, you know, the back to being sort of the dark, uh, hearty. He's been on the trail of these guys, obviously, for the past year. Um, so when this all went down in the subway, it was almost like, not that he was waiting for it to happen, but he never thought uh, Carol was dead. He never, like, he's been trying to track down, we saw Valerie Curry's picture on, on the big wall, and um, he's been trying to track all the rest of these people down and put the, to, together the pieces of the puzzle. So it was almost as if when that um, when that big anniversary murder happened, it was really the break that Ryan Hardy needed to sort of go out sure. and find Joe Carroll. In, in a weird way, uh, it was it was the break he needed. So he was able to sort of go out and start investigating properly, which is which is interesting. I thought it's kind of an interesting way to reboot this. I think he realized that following the rules of the FBI isn't going to cut it when it comes to Joe Carroll. Right. And he needs to take matters into his own hands because they were stonewalling him last season every step of the way. They wouldn't even give him a gun for the majority no, of it. Oh, and he had no gun. No, yeah, no, first, he just like, did a lot episodes. of chasing people. Like a flashlight. And that doesn't work. Can the Scooby-Doo flashlight. Yeah. That's, what I- that's not going to work. <laughs> it doesn't work. I think it, also, I think it really also adds to the whole FBI WTF. You know, I think even he realized how stupid the FBI yeah. was being. So yeah. you can't trust anyone but yourself. That's the truth. And Very true. Very true. So, okay, so now we have – I do want to get into uh, – you know, we, we talked a little bit about Mike. But before before we get into the further characters, I want to thank everyone for joining us on iTunes. We are back. Uh, thank you for downloading us. We, we've, you already made us a top ten show again, the most ten – Tenth most downloaded show in After Buzz before we even did a new episode. Amazing. So it sounds like people were sort of going back and trying to catch up in anticipation for this new season. So uh, we appreciate you doing that. Uh, I hope you're downloading this now. We will all be back in full force next week. All four or five of us, or however many of us is going to be, we'll all be here talking following next week. And um, we, we're glad to have you. And, and please rate us and uh, continue to support us. We really appreciate it. We also want to mention our uh, we have a, a separate Twitter feed for this show uh, at Following Buzz. So if you want to follow us on at Following Buzz, uh, that is the specific Twitter, Twitter feed for this following podcast. Uh, and check us out on YouTube and everything else. Anyway, so I do want to get into we're talking a little about these twins and that super creepy murder slash you know st- you know staging the the woman like. Again, back to Kevin Williamson and, and, and the scaring. That thing was creepy as hell. That scared the crap out of me. The notion of this guy, and he's all cheery. He's kind of got that Christian Bale, uh, American Psycho kind of like, 
you know, good looking cheer to him, yet super sinister and scary. Those guys are the worst. The worst. The super hot serial killers who are all smiley. Makes me nervous. And then there's two of them. Makes me nervous every time, I'm, now that every time I meet a hot guy, I was like, are you going to be crazy? Uh, are you going you to never know. dance with my corpse? You never know. Uh, but that <laughs> was that was creepy. I mean, what do you think of that, Nando? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, love, I love that American Psycho analogy. It was like a very Christian Bale yep. analogy. And I love that opening scene with the girl getting into the elevator and going up and seeing him again and... It really was a good twist for us because we all thought it was the same guy. Yeah. Till uh, till the second one comes out of that shower. Right. Uh, one thing I thought that was really interesting about them, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't have my notes in front of me, but I believe their names were Mark and Luke. Yep. Which yep. is two of the, two of the books of the New Testament. So I thought that was a little creepy in itself. When sure. That one stood out to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really interested and invested in these characters and seeing uh, and seeing who they are and seeing more about their psyche because it looks already like they are two different sides of a coin. It, it's almost kind of like the Aiden Canto, uh, Nico Cerdelli, uh, Deratelli characters. They're, they're little pseudo-gay characters where one's a little more conflicted than the other. So I'm really curious to see if that becomes a mirror of those two from last season. And frankly, you know, the one they've already set up the... They've already set some personalities up, right? They've got the one who is the dominant one, and the Just one Luke. guy who seems to be, you know, Luke's, Luke, Luke's the dominant one, right? Yes. Uh, and then, and then um, you know, Mark was sort of like, well, you know, take it easy, you know, and no, no, no. So we've already had that entire dynamic set up, which is very reminiscent of last season with uh, with Nico and um, and our other guy. Um, Aiden, yeah. Yeah. And again, and- and this French girl is kind of like Valerie Curry's character, like Emma. It's almost yeah. like this is the new trio that we're going to be following, apparently. I cannot wait. And you know what's going to happen? I can't wait when Emma gets gets a load of these twins and to see how the three of those folks interact. Maybe a little uh, taste of her own medicine, huh? Right. Well, I don't know. I mean, she's pretty good. She's a pretty strong person and pretty, pretty manipulative. Yeah, she is that. And hot, by the way, that Valerie Curry. And as is our our scary man Sam Underwood, that's who's playing uh, uh, Luke, and I'm presuming Mark as well. Actually, look that up. Right, one actor or two is actors. One, I just I thought it was two, but I, I guess I thought it was be. one. I tried to look it up too. I, I didn't know. I mean, Nando, do you have any insight as is if it's is it one guy or two? Because I really thought it was actual twins, I, but I, yeah, I didn't have a chance to look it up myself, so I couldn't tell you. We'll we'll, we'll know for sure by next episode. Right. Yeah. Well, on the uh, the Homeland IMDb page, they only list him. Hmm. But they list him only as Luke, not Luke and Mark. We'll have to investigate that. But we do know him from um, the Sam Underwood. Is am I saying? Was it Sam? Yeah, Sam Underwood. Uh, seen him in – what have we seen him in? Dexter and mm-hmm. Homeland. Mm-hmm. He was Dana's boyfriend. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I like this kid. I like yeah. his work. Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's, he's interesting. He's looking good, first he, and foremost. Yeah. He's probably too young for me. Yeah. But he's looking great. And uh, he is – he's freaking scary. Yeah. There's stuff going on behind those eyes. Well, he was he was very he was he was dark in uh, Homeland, obviously, you know, and he was a little dark in this yeah. one, and you know, and I'm, I'm assuming he was dark in Dexter. But that, he plays crazy well. Yeah, and a weird, subdued crazy. He's a very interesting character, and I'm, I'm really glad to see that they're they're coming up with these new characters. Who I'm compelled. Like I was ready. I mean, I you know, like I said, I kind of went in with my arms crossed. Like, all right, <laughs> here we go. And then I was, you know, yeah, pleasantly terrified and pleasantly surprised and i i want to know about these two crazy serial killers who you know who uh you know pose the girl around and and asking her questions and dancing with her and it's awful 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 it really was disturbing it was very disturbing um what about this new let's talk a little bit about mike 
Um, we didn't, I want to get into sort of where uh, we think, you know, Mike Weston is because, you know, you've mentioned this, Nando, that you think he's somehow still a follower, um, which I think is, you know, fairly ridiculous. But I will say there's definitely room um, for his character to have a turn because, A, he went through some shit in season one. We see that he's still dealing with some level of PTSD, you know, from that experience. His mentor, remember his really, you know, Ryan Hardy is his mentor. Don't forget, like, he was very much, like, you know, really wanting to be just like Ryan Hardy. And now he's not only has Ryan Hardy disappointed him on a professional level, but a personal level as well. And what's that going to do to him? He well, I mean, first of all, this, uh, that Claire is gone. The true uh, bromance can begin <laughs> between Mike <laughs> and Ryan. Maybe. So there's that. And, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of half-joking about him being a follower, but I think there is room for him to be a follower still. I mean, there still is the fact maybe he can be a sleeper, you know, who still is uh, he's, he's supposed to keep tabs on Ryan for whatever this master plan may be. It's still a possibility. Right. I really do think that that, that – that's what's so good about this show. There still is. I mean, people, you could write on YouTube and say I'm crazy if you, if for doing it and for talking about it. It's kind of funny. But I do think that there is always a possibility for anybody in this show to really turn, to yeah. really be found to be a follower. And it's not completely far-fetched, which is what's great about this show. Right. Yeah, you can never really count anyone out. That's for damn sure when it comes to Pete Car- or to, to Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. <laughs> Don't mention his name. <laughs> There's a reason. Don't you dare mention Pete Carroll's <laughs> name in this do it. podcast. As if anyone's going to lead a cult, it's him. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got it out. Joe Thank Carroll. you. Joe Carroll. <laughs> Pete Carroll. I can't do, I can't yeah. do it. It's your San Francisco right there. Yes. Um, I think, yeah, like I said, uh, you can't discount anyone. Uh, his followers look like you and me and you and everybody yep. else. Um, but uh, I, I think it... I felt for Mike in this episode. You know, he was really, like you said, like reaching out to his mentor. He needed help. He went to hell and back on this case with him and stood behind him when a lot of people wouldn't. He was even willing to lie in front of the grand jury for him. He was going to perjure himself. He's, he yeah. was going to say that that he took the handcuffs off. He was trying to prepare uh, Hardy for that so sure. they were on the same page. And he didn't want to make him lie either. He said, all you have to say is, I don't remember. Yeah, That's it. I'll, I'll do everything else. Why do we think, uh, or this is for you, Chinano, why do we think uh, Hardy is so, you know, dis- distancing himself so much from, from, uh, from Mike? I think, well, why, why, is, why is he doing that? Like, why is he not, you know, embracing him or saying he's sorry or just, or even selling him? You know what? I can have you in my life because everyone around me gets hurt. So I'm just, dis- why, why can't you just say it? Why is this? Well, Mike's a company man now. Like, he is in. Well, I know, but there's a very much like, there's that scene that was like, nice talking to you, Mike. Like, it was almost like an F you. And I, I don't, I don't know what, but what the motivation is. But he's not distancing himself from his niece. No, well, his niece is an FBI. That's very true. I don't know, Nana, what do you, what's, what's going on there? What's going on with Mike and, I, I think, and, 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 and I think Hardy? It's a guilt thing. I, I think it's just a guilt thing with him. I think it's a part of his life he wants to close the door or protect. Uh, I, I, that's what I think. I, I agree with you, Julia. It's like it's interesting how he pushes Mike away, but then he has this alternate life with his niece and his sponsor, and inviting this girl over from AA that may or may not be a love interest. You know, it's really interesting. But I think it all comes down to guilt of the past, maybe not recognizing, and also maybe a little distrust too. Just, just obviously they had a lot of animosity that that whole first season as well. Uh, and and Mike is creepy. Come on, Mike is creepy. He kind of likes Ryan just a little bit too much, just a little bit. Right. 
But uh, and he has he's very serious this season. Like he's very well. It's also interesting that like you know one thing we didn't mention is that you know the FBI has went and found Mike, and in the very same way that the FBI went and found Hardy to pull him in as a consultant, you know, or vice versa. I mean, like, but I feel like this um, uh, the way that Mike Weston is is coming in and helping the FBI. In a consulting manner, is exactly the same way that Hardy did in season one. Mm-hmm. So you know his dream is fulfilled. I mean, he's really trying to live in Hardy's footsteps, and he's actually doing it. He's the new Ryan Hardy. He's out there. He's working the cases, and he's actually the guy. Uh, and it's it's really interesting that you know he he really misses his partner, and he wants the help of of, of Hardy, but and the approval of Hardy still, but he's approval. not getting it. I don't know why that's happening. I, I don't I don't I don't know why Hardy is uh, is so hard. On, on our boy, on our boy, on our poor Iceman. I don't know. I don't know. Poor Iceman. Poor Iceman. Only time will tell, boys. <laughs> so, okay. He needs, he, needs a, he needs a huggy hug. A huggy he hug. He needs yeah, a, bring it in. Hug bring it in. He needs a huggy hug. Okay, so uh, what do we think? I mean, this is kind of a prediction-y, but I just want to, you know, before we, like, wrap up here, like, how do we think these uh, we're going to bring these factions together? I mean, obviously, Natalie Z, I'm sorry, Natalie Z, uh, Val- Valerie Curry is going to be back involved in the mix. We have these other the, the, the faction of the twins and the French woman. Uh, we have uh, Joe Carroll out in the woods. Like, how are they all going to come together? What do, what do you think is going to happen there? And will we see Ryan Hardy do his sort of like detective agency? Homeland big board thing on the side with his plucky sidekick niece, or will he eventually join back forces with the FBI and, and and share the information? Like, how do you think this? How do you think this plays out? First, first, you, Nando. I think uh, I honestly think I mean they're all going to come together. I love the fact that uh, it seems to be a manhunt for uh, Joe Carroll, and it's not just Ryan; it's Emma that's now on a manhunt for Joe Carroll. Right. So I, I really, I really love that aspect of it, and I think Emma is going to be. I mean, she was definitely a hit last season, and, and, I, and I, I really think she's going to have a major part to play in connecting the dots. And if anything, she's going to definitely be a wrench for Ryan Hardy as he is pursuing Joe Carroll. And uh, I also think that she's going to be a wrench for Joe Carroll because, don't forget, you know, she had a little bit of a fling with him, and sure. he scorned her. And, and it's, it's been a year, and she hasn't known what's up with him. So, really, it's going to be like the interesting thing is to be what's going to happen when Emma and Carroll meet up. Uh, I do think that the FBI is going to be involved. I really love what you said about that, uh, the angry black uh, man, yeah. boss. I yeah, think we... he's not really angry, but he's just angry enough. That's oh, well, you know, uh, there's, plenty of, there's plenty of time for him to get really angry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's plenty of time for that. But, you there's know, we'll see. Yeah. yeah, but I definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to this season. I, 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 I'm surprised. I really love the fact that I'm so surprised at how awesome, uh, how much I miss this show. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, it's it, it, it's a good show. I, I just said it. It's a good show. We're happy it's back. Uh, but that being said, let's let's jump into some predictions. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Look at that drop. That's a hot drop. Yeah, I, I, that come I, from? I had no idea what that was. <laughs> uh, Julia, all right. all right. I actually have some predictions. Let's go. Let's hear it. Shocking. I know. Um, I think first of all, we didn't even talk about Connie Nielsen. Oh, who not. showed up on, on this episode. She was the lone survivor of the subway attack. But um, I think she's going to become a love interest for uh, for for Hardy. Oh, 
Uh-huh. Um, maybe it's suspicious that she was the only one who survived. Maybe. 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 I also think that uh, that there's going to be something up with Niece Max's boyfriend. Oh, the boyfriend the from chef, Sacramento, who is the pastry chef, who came out of the blue, and the only thing she says about him when he says "I like him," she goes, "You do? I wish he were a little angrier." Hmm. Interesting. All right. So the, those are just a couple of my uh, predictions. I also think that some some shit's going going down when it comes to Emma. I think she's going to be pissed. Yeah. Really pissed at I, Joe for not contacting her, for not including her, and I think uh, I think she will be a big problem for him. Nando. Prediction. So there, gone. It's all right. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. No, uh, I'm here. Uh, no. Well, first of all, first of all, be right before predictions. I just want to say I love how they called uh, how how they call the followers the carolers because we we started that last season yes. before they did that. So right. I wanted to bring that up. And then another mechanic. Uh, I think the last episode of season one from us uh, was incorrectly labeled on Castle. So. Uh, I told a couple of people, I, I thought they were all there. So if you wanted to listen to the last show, it should be hopefully back on by now or let us know. But as far as predictions, uh, I agree. I mean, Emma's going to be scorned. I really am looking forward to seeing what she does. And I think Connie Nielsen, I really don't like her. There's a reason why she's alive. I agree with you. She would not be the first person to maim herself yeah. to draw in trust, to draw in the trust of Ryan Hardy. She would not be the first person to do that. Yeah. So I... Red flags all over that woman. I agree. That's well, my prediction. Well, my prediction is very quick and easy. It's it's yeah, Connie Nielsen, lover, but she's clearly a bad guy. That's that's the way to the way to uh, Ryan Hardy's heart is a damsel in distress. He went to go apologize to her because she was the only one left. The only one left. Uh, hmm. You know, we'll see how that plays out. But I think we all know how it's going to play out. So we'll see how that goes. Um, that's it. That, that's it for us for this Falling. week. Uh, we'll be back next week. And then we'll do a special two-hour episode, not of this show, but of the following. I think they're just going to replay the first one. I think so. And then replay a new one. So we'll be back to recap that. Uh, I'm Joe Braswell. You can find me on Twitter at Joe K. Braswell. Uh, and also on Instagram at Joe Braswell. Julia, where can we find you? Uh, again, on Twitter at Julia Carely, J-U-L-I-A-C-E-A-R-L-E-Y. Also on Instagram and right here at AfterBuzz on, uh, on, let's see, what is this? This is the following. We have The Blacklist, yep. True Detective, and Ooh. coming up, Hannibal. Nando. Nando's up, but you can find Nando on Twitter at Nandovel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L. And you can catch all of us next week for the following episode two after show. Thank you very much, Steve Lemieux. We'll see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Nice. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.